Hey, everybody, it's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? Well, all right, let's go. There's no trouble in a bubble as you're floating along. Singing dibble dabble double, it's a bubbling song. Bubble fast, woo, woo, bubble slow. Woo, woo. Bubble everywhere you go. Because there's no trouble in a bubble as you're floating along. Singing dibble dabble double, it's our floating bubble song. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for a week of September 9th, 2018. This is episode 20. Disney Marvels, the podcast about Disney, Marvel, ABC, Star Wars, Broadway, and so much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Now, on to the news. Incredibles 2 surpassed the 600 million mark at the domestic box office over Labor Day weekend, becoming the first animated film to reach this milestone and just the ninth film ever to cross this threshold. With an additional 564 million internationally, the film has earned 1.166 billion globally and is now the 17th film of all time and the number two animated film ever. Ant-Man and the Wasp comes to digital October 2nd and Blu-ray October 16th with special editions at Best Buy and possibly Target. The Walt Disney Company tops Forbes list of world's best regarded companies for 2018. Moving up four spots from 2017, the first year that the, that the rankings were compiled, Disney ranked number one, earning the highest marks amongst Forbes 2018 global 2000 companies. Congratulations to them. As per Cruise Critic, beginning September 11th, well, that was just past now, but beginning September 11th, Disney Cruise Lines will institute new deadlines for booked cruises, requiring earlier final payments and cancellation notices for cruisers staying in the non-suites and non-concierge cabins. The final payment for cruisers of one to five nights will be due 90 days prior to the sailing date, with a cancellation fee beginning at 89 days versus the previous 74 days. On cruises of six nights or longer, the final payment will be due 120 days and the cancellation fees will begin at 119 days as opposed to the previous instated 89 days. Cruisers have booked before September 11th will not be affected by this policy change. Over back in Walt Disney World, Disney's Swan and Dolphin, or actually Hilton Swan and Dolphin Resort, has announced that a 14-story tower will be added, um, adding an additional 349 guest rooms, meeting spaces, a swimming pool, and a restaurant with a bar and lounge. This is set to open in 2020, just around the anniversary. What a surprise. The third tower at Swan and Dolphin Resorts will be built on a space currently occupied by the resort's tennis courts. Mickey's Backyard Barbecue will likely have its final performance on December 31st, 2018, this year. This is in regards to the resort moving ahead with the Disney Vacation Club editions. On the rumor side, Ratatouille attraction at Epcot is expected to open May 
of 2020 now. They're thinking it's a little ahead of schedule. And now, on with the show. When we think of Mickey Mouse, the first image in our minds may vary from person to person, given that almost the almost 90 years of history uh, for the character. For some, it's the modern day Disney Channel shorts. Others, it's Mickey from the parks. The Mickey, uh, or in my case, the Mickey from the original shorts. The black and white, the colored, the pie-eyed, a number of different variations. But there is an age range out there that conjures up a slightly different Mickey Mouse. Yes, he still has a high squeaky voice, red shorts, and yellow shoes. But this one also has an amazing clubhouse where he has many adventures with his friends. Of course, I am talking about the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Show from Playhouse Disney, now Disney Junior. The show first aired May 5th, 2016, uh, 2006 on the Disney channels. At that time, it was the Playhouse Disney block of shows. Well, there wasn't a dedicated uh, Disney Junior or Disney Playhouse channel at that time. This was at the, the earlier hours of the Disney channel. The show, like others in that slot, was in was aimed at the preschool markets for kids its goals were to introduce the ideas of sharing deduction learning counting colors and shapes in addition to teamwork and most importantly Mickey Mouse and his friends to the newest generations this was to be the first of a few shows for kids of different ages to grow up watching Mickey Mouse to kind of have Mickey Mouse go th grow with them or they're learning from Mickey Mouse grow with them so it would start off in the preschool age with the clubhouse and then there was going to be another show for the five to uh, ten range and then another show for the ten to thirteen range those shows never came about but we did get the clubhouse from the get-go they wanted to make sure that this show was authentic they would use the Fab Six, in case you weren't sure, that was Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Daisy, and Pluto. Plus the supporting cast from the animated shorts, Pete, Clarabelle, Chippendale, Ludwig von Drake, Figaro the cat, and Willie the giant. Plus Buzz Buzz the bee, Mortimer Mouse, and I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe even Wilbur made an appearance from, uh, from Goofy. If that wasn't the, if that wasn't impressive enough, the vocal talent that they brought it for those characters to uh, to help bring those characters to life was equally as impressive. Most of them were the voices you'd have you'd been hearing for years already. Wayne Allwine as Mickey, till his untimely passing, where Bert Irwin uh, took over the mantle. Rusie Taylor as Minnie Mouse, Tony. 
Anselmo as Donald, Bill Farmer as Goofy, Tress McNeil as Daisy, and Jim Cummings as Pete. To round out the reoccurring cast, Corey Burton, April Winchell, Rob Paulson, Dee Bradley Baker, Will Ryan, and Megatron. I, I, I'm sorry, I mean Frank Welker joined in as well. Even David Tennant and Dick Van Dyke uh, lend their voices to individual episodes. So I mean, that's a fair amount of uh, vocal to power right there. I mean, this was well before David Tennant even signed up to do DuckTales, which he was not doing Scrooge McDuck in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. He was doing, I believe it was a doorknob or something. Um, but I digress. So yes, you had, you had the recognition of Mickey. You had the vocal talent behind it. The personalities were adjusted for the target audience, but only just so. Donald was still the duck with no luck and loses his temper, while Goofy was just as clumsy and silly. Minnie was sweet as ever. Mickey, well, Mickey was Mickey. And Daisy is her happy-go-lucky but imperfect self. As the show caught on, they would morph in different classic stories, such as Little Bo Peep, Cinderella. You even had references to Indiana Jones by look and by mocked name. Mind you, this was well, well, well before Disney, um, the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilms. So with 132 3D animated episodes, CGI animated episodes, to its credit, in approximately four to five seasons, they, they really didn't keep count of the seasons. They kind of just kept pumping out episodes, pumping out episodes. The show lasted into November 2016, where it... Uh, bowed out to make room for the new Mickey and the Roadster Racers, which we'll possibly get into some other time if you want. What else did this show bring? I mean, when they decided to create it, I mean, they really kind of pulled out all the stops. So they said, you had the characters, they kept the characters to character, but in an appropriate manner for the age range. They brought in the vocal talent that it needs to be. They also had the, the theme song and the closing song were both written and performed by 80s rock band They Might Be Giants, which was around the same time that they decided to put out a children's album, strangely enough. The key phrase that Mickey loved to say in the and on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and they even sang about it at the end, Hot Dog, is actually a reference to Mickey's first words, which were, Hot Dog, back in 1929, uh, the animated short Carnival Kid. This show, some people will kind of say that it, it's dumbed down, it's it's too formulatic, it's too PC, and I, as a parent who has been subjected in some ways, willingly to watching this show for since it actually aired my daughter was born in 2006 so i started seeing this show right around the get-go and now my little swans are watching it now i have over 90 episodes of it saved on my dvr which we thumb through and whenever it isn't 
uh, for when it's not on TV. You can find it also on the Disney apps and all these other things. But, um... It's not as bad as some people make it out to be. First of all, people remember, this is a show for preschoolers. So the fact that they are talking about counting or indirectly not counting properly to talk about counting properly or rearranging colors and of things and trying to deduct it is the way to teach kids of that age kind of you know visually show them this is the correct this is not correct but this is correct so when people say oh wow it's so formalmatic it's so dumbed down and oh, Walt's rolling over in his grave no this is uh, honestly I think this is something that Walt would have wanted for his characters Mickey was a personality for everyone to enjoy from multiple ways. So the natural progression of nowadays to put Mickey in an educational role as a teacher, one, the kids identify. I mean, you stick Mickey Mouse in front of most kids. There's going to be the weird, odd exception. But almost any kid out there, you put Mickey Mouse in front of him in a plush, animated, a picture, and immediately, immediately you'll see those kids' faces light up. And as a Disney fan, so will yours. You understand that. Because you're a Disney fan. That's why you're listening to this podcast. I'm a Disney fan. That's why I have this podcast. And anytime I see Mickey, I'm a little bit happier. It's just the way it works. And it's just for some reason, it has become something very cultural where... Like I said, younger kids, they'll see Mickey, they'll get excited. So for them to, I mean, yes, there's a whole debate about TV becoming a babysitter. Let's keep in mind, this is a half hour TV show, not even 24 minutes approximately an episode. There are a few exceptional ones that are specials that run closer to an hour, probably 45, 47 minutes long. Um... But to have those few minutes out of the day is not a bad thing, especially when there is some education behind it. And also, to have a show that you know that they can watch and they're not subjected to violence, they're not subjected to questionable visual stimulus, they're not questioned to, to, they're not subjected to questionable language. There is not belittling of parents. There's not belittling of other people. Even Pete. Pete will be generally set up as a villain, but he can also be one of their friends. They do not see Pete and go, oh my goodness, no, no, we can't stay away from him. Pete is... Despite the fact in the shorts that Pete, okay, Pete was always the bad guy. Actually, Pete is, believe it or not, most people probably don't realize, a bit of trivia here for you. Pete, or Pegleg Pete, as his original name is, is actually older. He predates Mickey Mouse. He was around before the 1928 Steamboat Willie. He actually appeared in the Alice comedies that Walt was making with, the, it was, I mean, we think it's interesting. Okay, Roger Rabbit, wow cartoons and people interacting together 
Walt was doing that in the early 20s with the, his Alice uh, show. So, and that's where Pete actually came about. So he, he's actually one of Disney's oldest characters. But, yeah, you know, he's a villain, so let's not, yeah, we're not going to hype him up too much. But, again, Pete will be the the adversary in, in a lot of this. You know, they did a Wizard of Oz takeoff. We called it the Wizard of Diz. And he was the Wicked Witch. He was the Wicked Witch character. Um... And he, you know, he tried to stop them and, and, and whatnot, just like the, the Wicked Witch. But in the end, he's like, okay, you know what? This isn't working out. So they put a little twist on it, and they end it nicely. Instead of him melting into a pile of goo under his hat, he loses his magic powers. He, you know, and succumbs to, okay, you know what? Maybe I wasn't doing right. So realizing and kind of teaching that if you do something wrong realize that you've done something wrong and apologize for it and people will generally accept that the only grapes that i get with the show sometimes is that okay occasionally they took the the pc-ness sometimes i felt a little maybe on the far side with uh you know the, the you know everyone's a winner so everyone gets a medal um, which, be it when they were making these shows, was the general mindset. Um, we have now since learned that that's not necessarily the best thing for children to say that everyone's a winner. So, you know, you have just like some of the old shorts, some of the things that they did back then weren't, aren't necessarily acceptable now. Well, okay, you know, it's been made, it's done, you can't change it. Um, and sometimes they, they would go too far with the, uh, parody of words of making it Mickey type words um, instead of birthday mouse day mouse second was that necessary I don't think so some people may say that's wonderful whatever that is nitpicking and that's just nitpicking and little things but oh on a whole anytime I could say hey we want to watch Mickey Mouse fine I'll put Mickey Mouse on for you because I again it's a show I feel safe with. I feel they are they are learning from it. They're learning. It's like it's like if Mister Rogers was still being on, and they say, "Oh, I'll watch Mister Rogers." No problem. Again, it's a show that you know that a they would be learning from. B is a safe environment of a show for them to learn from, and C it's a well produced show. So, all that being said, the critics, you know sometimes are overcritical but that's why they're critics uh, but yeah no this is a show I always I enjoyed and for me I love the fact that I can put on Mickey Mouse for my little ones it's bright it's colorful it's Mickey and his high squeaky voice it's and it's done right like I said, to me, the characters were the characters. You know, Donald would get all frustrated. Now, again, capped appropriately for for the age group. He wasn't tearing through walls and uh, throwing fists and trying to hit people. Because, really, do you want preschoolers to be seeing that on an educational basis? 
Now, if you decide to introduce your younger children to the original shorts, that's your decision, and that's fine. They don't take that liberty in saying, oh, we're going to do that anyway in this show. But Donald would get frustrated. Um, but it would show that his frustration doesn't always work out the way that it should. And he, he would he had a very interesting vocabulary in this show. How exasperating, he would say often. Um, and it, well, my little ones at one point would say that, you know, how exasperating it. <laughs> just funny to hear that out of a child under the age of five why'd you learn that word oh make your mouse club oh yeah 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 the donald duck that's right um so yeah it's it it was a fun show um and thankfully it's still on but since it's not being produced anymore i believe tony said they actually even stopped recording the vocal parts in 2014 just to go, shows you how mass produced they did it, it the, you know the final episodes they make it out to 2016 so a two year process of the show they actually I believe started actually recording and working on the show two or three years before it even aired um, it, I thought it was a well produced show and just a lot of novel ideas now to, of course towards the end obviously after 100 plus episodes sometimes some ideas were getting a little stretched that they were coming out with but you know the handy helpers that was a cool concept of these little hands the handy helpers that were literally hands that appeared from wherever and of course oh toodles the 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 little mickey shaped flying drone robot so i mean this was predating drones the drones that everyone has but it was kind of the same concept i mean it was a flying mickey shape that would come around and give them the tools that they need to finish whatever project they were doing that day be it uh, helping a bunch of snowmen or going on a race across the the countryside having a picnic whatever it was going to Mars um, tools was always there with appropriate strangely enough the appropriate tools um, eventually they did give tools a voice that's where Rob Paulson came in um, you know, a lot of people recognize his work from Gummy Bears and just so many other things. Rob, goodness, he's, you know, people think Jim Cummins is every, in everything. Rob Polson's not far behind. Um, Frank Volker with some of his stuff. Butch the Dog shows back up in this from the some of the Pluto shorts. So you, you had a lot of, I mean, it wasn't, they introduced some new characters. Um, Goofy's cat is not the cat from Goof Troop. This is a different cat. This is Mr. Pettibone versus Waffles, which is his cat from Goof Troop. Um, but lots of just again, the history for, of Mickey Mouse was well utilized in this. Um, and then you, so you're building a basis. So these kids now know these characters, and you go show them the original shorts. They're going to go, well, now granted, their, their mind's going to be backwards on because they're going to recognize them from Clubhouse first and then see the shorts saying, oh, these new shorts have, happen to have these characters and where it's the other way around. The shorts came before the Clubhouse. But that doesn't fully matter. Eventually, they'll figure that out. But they recognize the characters now. They know who Chip and Dale are. They know who Donald Duck is. They know Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, Daisy, Clarabelle. They, they know Clarabelle. 
I mean, that was a character that disappeared with the shorts. And for a while, you never heard of anything of Clarabelle. Clarabelle just was one of those characters that went to the wayside, like Horace Horsecaller. Where did he go? Horace did show back up in the House of Mouse, but, you know, again, it's these catalog of characters that are introduced in a, uh, I felt an appropriate manner and B, you know, in a likable manner. So kids will learn to love them. And I think this show succeeded in it. It's a shame that, you know, the portrait has moved on. Um, it has been, like I said, replaced by Mickey and the Roadster Racers. I have different feelings towards Roadster Racers as I do to Clubhouse. Not saying it's a bad show. I just have different feelings towards it. Um, I mean, even Clubhouse had, you know, it was empowering girls to go out on adventures and stuff. The Daisy occasionally would take control of the show and she would become the, the main focus character and go out on doing stuff. Um, one of the original episodes was Daisy as a pretend doctor. Showing girls, you can be doctors too. And diagnosing characters and you know, just a lot of fluff, a lot of fun. And again, using deduction, using reasoning, um, and teaching the colors, teaching shapes. So this is a triangle. This is a triangle. This is a cone. I mean, they went to even three-dimensional shapes. Um, I mean, when I, when I was growing up, I had the letter people at least teaching me the letters. But the you know, but that was the extent of it. A lot of people taught the letters. A, A for apple. A for this. A for that. A for this. B, beautiful buttons. B for this. B for that. B for bread. B for baker. But it, that was its one focus. Of course, there was Sesame Street. This is more along that line, um, but with us puppets. So, do your kids, or grandkids, or even you watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Tell me your thoughts on the show. I I just gave you mine. I just rambled on about mine. But tell me yours. I, I'm I'm very interested here. What you have to say about it. Do you miss it? Are you a fan of its replacement? Let me know on that too. So leave a comment on our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash Disney Marvel Podcast. Again, one more time. That's facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast. I'll put a link to that uh, site on the uh, show notes as well. Or you could send out some uh, 46 character comment on the Twitter at Disney Marvel's. Again, the Twitter handle is at Disney Marvels. If you have an idea for a show, or you just rather email me than using the social uh, networks, which is completely fine and understandable, you can email the show at DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. One more time, the show's email address is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. And like I said, I'll put all that information in the show notes. And I thank you for listening. I really hope you're doing well this week. I apologize that this episode is a little behind. I was uh, sick with bronchitis last week, and I desperately tried to get a show out. And if you hear me sniffling now, that's a lot better than what I sounded like this time last week. Um, it, it definitely would have been an, would be an embarrassing episode. So thank you for sticking with me. Um, but I, again, I hope you're all doing well. Um, if you're a little under the weather, I hope you get better soon. And uh, just remember, happiness starts with you. Believe in yourself. 
and you can achieve greatness. If I could ask two more things of you though, please. Please tell your friends and family about the show, that's one thing. And yeah, this, the more people who know about the, our family, the bigger it gets. Which just means more enjoyability, more conversation, just more people loving Disney. The other thing, while you're at it, please go over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find this show and uh, leave a rating and comment, please. Please rate the show and leave a comment. And hey, while you're at it, just click on that little subscribe button so that way you always know when I'm putting out the next episode. If in case I'm running behind or uh, they get a little delayed, miss a week or whatnot, you're always make sure that you're on top of it. So today I shall end with a quote from Walt Disney himself about Mickey Mouse. We felt the public, and especially children, liked animals that are cute and little. I think we are rather indebted to Charlie Chaplin for that idea. We wanted something appealing, and we thought of a tiny bit of a mouse that would have something of a wistfulness of Chaplin. A little fellow trying to do the best he could. And that really does sum up Mickey now, doesn't it? So thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog.